What's up, boozers? This is Rob J, a.k.a. the Booze Hound, a.k.a. Mazzarino. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Elbow Deep, a.k.a. Wyatt Star. Oh, yeah. And how the fuck you doing out there? How you doing, everybody? Yeah. How you doing? How my dogs? Ho, 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 ho. Boozers. Yeah. So, uh, back with another episode of Booze with the Hound. Yes, sir. Tuning sure in. Not? Live, not really, but you're tuned in. So what's up? That's all that matters. You're here today. Yeah. Listen to us. So how you doing? Love you guys. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing? Fuck man. Um a lot better. A lot better than last week, huh? A lot better. Class is over. Yeah. I got not worrying the world for the next three weeks. Are you college kids out there? Yeah. Congrats to you. You made it through another semester <laughs> alive, probably very hungover. That's exactly how I feel. No. No. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to sound cool. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> because he's not 21. No, sadly. I'm he, can't, not. he can't do this. He can, but he can't. I want it so bad. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, Take but for real, I feel a lot better. School's over. Life's getting better. How about you, though? How you doing? I'm all right. This week's been pretty good. Yeah. Hasn't been a bad week. It's always a good week. Not as tired as I was, so it's good. I've been getting some all right sleep. You ain't got a sick kid to worry about anymore, huh? Yeah, not this week. There you go. So it's been pretty good. Can't complain. I'm still breathing. I'm still alive. Still making this podcast, so it's good. Yes, sir. Yeah. Doing it with my one and only least favorite person. Gay lover. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Jinx, you See, owe me a Budweiser. I thought it was Jinx, you owe me a blowjob. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll try to cap my gay shit, put a cork in my ass or something. So, what are we drinking today, boys? So today, we're taking a little trip away from the ales. I noticed that whenever I say uh, L's yeah. in the podcast, it sounds like I'm saying L's, like the letter L. L? Which I, uh, that's not what I'm saying. He's not taking no L's. It's like, I'm uh, not taking no L's. I know a guy named Noel, but I'm not taking, <laughs> taking no him. L's. <laughs> but uh, L, ale. A- a- ale brew, ale, ale brew. Oh, oh. We're taking a step away from those today. Uh, I'm sipping on my usual uh, Budweiser here that I always sip on, our uh, non-sponsors today. Budweiser, sponsor us, please. Please sponsor us, for the love of God. But uh, we got this little little treat right here. And this little treat actually has a little backstory, too. It does. Uh, So let's get into this backstory uh, to our trip to, uh, where'd we go? Total Total Wayne. Our... uh, our local local uh, beer shop, big old liquor shop, not big a... liquor shop. It is, uh, yeah, you know how big it is. Alcohol you know Costco. How, you know how hard I get when I walk into there. I gotta wear some really tight jeans. He's got three legs at that point. Fucking, I look like an octopus Call when him I walk tripod into that when he bitch. walks in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just a camera stand. <laughs> but so we went there on uh, what was it Wednesday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Something Tuesday? Like that. Tuesday this week, and uh, per usual. Yeah, and typically when we go in there, yeah, we'll go together down the beer aisle and find something that both 
catches both of our eyes and uh, consider it together. And then we'll pick it out, and then I'll go wait in the car while he purchases it. Because he's not 21. Because I'm not 21. And, so, that, uh, and that's how we typically do it. Typically. But this trip, we go in, we find uh, this beautiful beer here that uh, I will describe beer. in a minute. And, um, yeah, we're in there for like 10 minutes looking looking around. And then uh, so I decide to get this beer, and then we go to go pay. And uh, unusually, I, I, not not... Not typically. Not typically. I don't go to the car. I go with him to the checkout. So line. this guy is behind me in the checkout on his phone, like the piece of trash he is. I'm just trying to like just be chill and be inconspicuous and like I'm not even really here right yeah. now. I'm just waiting in this line behind this guy that I don't know with nothing <laughs> in my hand. So uh, I go to check out the, the cashier. He's like, oh, you got some good stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and then... uh. He's like, all right, I'm going need, to need to see both of your IDs. Both of your IDs. <laughs> and so I was like, obviously, I know why it's not 21. So I pull the old, uh, I'm like, oh, man. I was like, you got your ID? And White starts patting his pockets. No, fuck, I left it at the office. Oh, it's at the office. And uh, so I thought, like, oh, it's cool. This guy looks like a cool guy. But no. Yeah, he's like, well. He, he was like, no, I can't. I can't legally sell this to you unless uh, you guys both have your IDs. So I was like, fuck. He said either both you guys have your IDs or you look over 30. Over 30, which is bullshit. Drinking age is 21. It's like, really? Uh, He's like, I got to check IDs for anybody who looks over 30. And it's like, it's 21. Like, really? Are you not there today? What's going on, bud? What are you, a fucking uh, face scanner? (laughs) Yeah, you got to check for people. Man, that's fucked up. Yeah. So, in this case, he was correct. Yeah, <laughs> so, he got me. Uh, way got to go, him. California law. Thanks, guys. You're doing your job, but... Good job. So, I was like, okay, I'll come back for this. Yeah. So, we leave. Uh, White's just being a piece of shit, as usual. I was pretty upset at that. The one time I go, I'm like, yeah. I look, I look, I could be like, yeah, maybe he anyone. He's like, yeah, I, I could pull this off. Yeah. But we got fucked. And uh, so we didn't go back to Total Wine until Thursday. He didn't. I went with him in the he car. Waited, he waited, I in, waited the in the car completely. I made sure <laughs> I stuck his young ass in the car. He duct taped me into that car. Yeah. So, um, so I go in and I pick this beer up. So uh, today we're drinking on uh, North Coast Brewing Company. Ooh. Independent since 1988, which is uh, 30 years ago. So they've been independent oh, exactly for 30, 30 years. years. Uh, that's this, a good brand. Yeah, that's a good fucking brand. <laughs> so this beer is called Old Rasputin, and it's a Russian imperial strout. 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 Fucking the first stout in the know. podcast, and I, I can't even pronounce Imperial stout. Uh, and the label attracted me which yeah. is mostly what i go for now labels that attract me so this looks like a fancy beer i know stouts i mean you know i've been around the block i i drink you know you know guinness stout is one of my favorite beers so uh i like stouts uh but this one's really fancy beer it's got a dark bottle uh it's got a black and gold label which makes it look very fancy popping and there's a very attractive man on the front bottle 
It's uh, it looks like a, a a a drawing, like a sketch of this man. He's got a part right down uh, the middle. Sorry, my bad. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. He's got a part right down the uh, the middle, going sideways, and he's got a really fucking big beard. Big and he's beard. throwing up some kind of gang sign above his head, which I thought was really fucking G. You know who he is? <clears throat> uh, Soldier Boy. <laughs> That's who he is. So soldier console, soldier phone, yeah. soldier beer. Yeah. Nah. It's... Soldier beer. Shut the fuck. It's Rasputin. Oh, that's him? That's Rasputin. Oh. Oh, I thought that was a guy from Corn, the rock band. <laughs> <laughs> it looks just like him. <laughs> no, you know you know who Rasputin is, right? Oh, Rasputin. That's how you pronounce his name? Rasputin? He's Russian. No. I thought he was Rasputin. Putin? Putin? Oh, Putin. Another Putin yeah, so in the Putin. house. Okay, you know, so you know. who's who's this guy? I don't know the history behind him. I don't know it very well, but I know that uh, I think it was two Russian presidents uh-huh. before Putin today. Mm-hmm. He was, he. I don't know, he hung around the fucking presidents or some shit, and he was killed or something for... Interfering with government shit. Oh, really? Yeah, like, he was actually not a very good dude. And, uh... They killed him. They killed him. Wow. Uh, something like, don't quote me on that. I don't know my history. But wow. Which is, which is, uh... It's funny that he's on the on the label. Because yeah. under the picture, uh, in quotations, it says, Never say die. I think that might be one of his yeah. quotes. I've heard that before. So I think... Uh, I don't know if it was from him. But I've heard that quote before. Yeah. So... It's uh, another reason why I thought the bottle was really cool. And it's got this gold trim, this Very gold fancy. flake. Yeah, it looks like a, a fancy a fancy beer. Um, you know what? I actually want to get a glass for this. You want to go grab your Just one? because, yeah, because stouts, they're dark. So I really like seeing the dark. So uh, in the cupboard, I have a Guinness glass Guinness in glass? there. I'll right back there. So uh, he's going to go grab this. I'm going to keep talking to you about this beer. Why it will be back. Um, yeah, no, but this beer, like I said, I've had stouts before. I've never tried this one. Um, the cashier saying it's good stuff when I walked up uh, instantly made me think, like, uh, this has got to be some good shit, right? Um, so, yeah, we're going to try this out. Uh I mean, typically stouts, well, I don't want to say typically because I don't know all the information, but uh, stouts are brewed with, like, coffee grounds uh, just to give it that kind of uh, darker kind of bitter flavor. And I'm pretty excited to try this out, to be honest with you. Uh, It's a product of the U.S., which... I think it's a little misleading because it says it's a Russian beer and there's some Russian writing around it. Uh, so, so White's back. What's up, guys? With a fucking chocolate in his mouth. It's not chocolate. And he brought me a glass, but it's not the glass I wanted. It's a glass from the Hard Rock Cafe in San Francisco, which I've never been to. I actually got this glass from my <laughs> sister. <laughs> I've never been there. Um uh, so yeah, let me crack this bitch open, see what it tastes like. It has a cool cap, and as you know, I collect caps, so I'm going to open this very carefully. If you have some caps out there... Your camera's on? Uh, probably. I don't know. Let me let me check. So, 
Let me crack this open. Oh, like I was saying, if you have any caps out there, any of our listeners, and you want to send them my way, fucking throw them my way. Yeah. Because I like to collect beer caps, and I want to make something out of them someday. I don't know what it is. For now, we'll put them on our wall, have a cap wall against yeah. in the background. I want to make like a frame out of them or something. But yeah, let me slowly... Oh, you heard that sizzle. Let me slowly pop that open. I don't like this beer opener because it dents the center of these cups but it's the only one i got so that's open uh let's give it a old whiff roo here yeah smells like your typical stout it's got some really nice uh deep rich aromas coming off the top of the the bottle the smell like dark earth yeah, it's really, uh, it's rich. Like, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of flavors in there. Why it's given a little whiff. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, from your ale, ales. Uh, ales are a, a lot lighter. This one, you can really, you can smell the depth in the flavor. Yeah. And I know there's going to be a depth and a complexity to the flavor. Just because of how it's brewed, stouts are, are a little heavier. They're not super hoppy, so I'm not expecting this to be super hoppy. Um, but they're really flavorful with a with a smooth finish. Uh, I mean, something like an IPA has a really strong taste at first, and it has that lingering aftertaste. Yeah. And for some people, mm. it might not be that pleasant. For this, I mean, any coffee drinkers we have out there. I was going to say, what's, what's a good food you would pair with the stout? A good food? Uh, uh, honestly, some maybe some like steak and mashed potatoes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That would wash down pretty good. Or like some ribs. Something sweet to uh, like sweet. Counter, counteract the, the, the bitterness and the creaminess mm-hmm. of the beer. Uh, maybe some ribs and like some sweet and hearty. Yeah, something sweet and hearty, uh, like Ed Hardy. But uh, no, like some chilies, baby back ribs with some mashed potatoes. Ooh. I think that'd be pretty good with that the with a stout right to wash it down. So let me pour it in this cup. I'll let you guys get a little listen of this this nice pour here, and uh, we'll see how dark this is. Oh. It looked like he was pouring Coke out of the bottle. Yeah, no. Not cocaine, because that's white. <laughs> but uh, some Coca-Cola, because stouts, as they are uh, known, are very dark beers. So this is pretty dark. Um, I mean, fuck, usually when you hold a stout up to a light, like it's <laughs> it's pretty hard to see through the see through the light. But um, yeah, this is, you know, living up to its, to its uh, standards. It's a dark beer. It's got a really nice, creamy, foamy head on it. Uh, White's currently taking a little picture of it. But, uh, yeah, I like the way it looks. I'm holding it up to the light right now. I can barely see fucking through it. If you're watching us on the camera, you're seeing me waving this beer around like a fucking wizard. Um, but, yeah, it looks, it looks good. It looks like some Coca-Cola, maybe a little darker. Um, but, yeah, that's what a fucking stout looks like. If you never drank a stout before, be expecting a very dark beer. Um, 
and a smooth, smooth beer. I really like smooth beers. Uh, so yeah, let's give this a little fucking uh, taste of rooney. A little fucking taste of rooney. A little sip of roo here. So, cheers, guys. If you got a boo, <laughs> not not a boo. If you got a boo, yeah, drink with them. <laughs> but if you got some booze, go ahead and drink along. Uh, cheers to you, motherfuckers. Let me sip this. Let you know how it tastes. That's a that's a good fucking beer. That's a good fucking beer. That's a good beer. No, it's typical of the stout. Yeah. It uh, really has that... I mean, if you drink black coffee, like myself, it has that kind of taste that sticks to your tongue. Okay. And kind of lingers. And it kind of feel, fills your, your mouth up and it goes down your throat. Uh, it has a presence to it. Like you which know it's is, there. Yeah, which is good. So it definitely has that kind of uh, black coffee flavor, uh, but it's really smooth and creamy. Yeah, this one isn't is is, I would say, uh, the flavor isn't as powerful as like a Guinness. Okay, so it's a little lighter, but it's a good beer, um, smooth beer. First stout, I really like it. Um, well, I remember I had a Guinness in Mexico, and that was really really heavy. Yeah, like I people always described it as drinking a milkshake. Uh-huh. And I'm like, ah, what the hell? It's, it's a beer. It can't be like it. But no, it is really heavy. Yeah. No, and this so this I, one. I think if you want something dark flavored. Yeah. But not heavy. Mm-hmm. Is that, this is a good, good route to go down because it's not, I mean, uh, yeah, like a, like a Guinness or something is, it's kind of thick. And yeah. stouts typically are thick. This one is thicker than, you know, like a Budweiser or something. Normal beer. Um, but it's not. It doesn't feel as heavy. Not milkshake. Uh, it's not the flavors aren't. They don't hit you as hard. Okay. This is a. It's. It's a good beer. Um. Really good stout. I like the flavors. Um. Has that kind of uh, chocolatey smooth. Nice. Kind of flavor. Cocoa. Uh. So yeah, I'd recommend it. So again, this is uh, old Rasputin. Uh, North Coast Brewing, a good beer, would definitely recommend it. I have about a fucking another... A little less than a half. A little less than a half to go, so I'm going to sip on this. Uh, get a little get a little brined. Get a little brine. A little brine. Shout out to Victoria if you're listening to this. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into this. Let's dive head first. White's drinking on his signature caffeine-flavored fucking whatever the fuck. Through He has his <laughs> can of, what is that, a rock star in a coffee mug. Makes you feel fancy. Makes him feel a little, a little bit fancy. A little fancy. Yeah. So if you're watching this on uh, anything, Instagram or anything, uh, fucking, we're going to cut the video off. But follow us. On Boo Soundcast on Instagram, message us on uh, what is it? What's our, our... Booze Houndcast Instagram Twitter? Message us on uh, Booze with the Hound at Gmail. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what you think, guys. Tell us what you think. Send us some stories, some crime stories or anything. Yeah. Let's, uh, Tell us what you want to hear. Give it a little cheers here, and we're gonna sign off for the video camera, but we're gonna continue this podcast. So, 
White just turned everything off. We're sitting in the dark naked. Back. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing all black, so I can't see him. But, uh, yeah. Let's jump headfirst into this. This week we got uh, a very sad story that I researched. Makes me very sad. When I was reading this, uh, I had a pit in my stomach. It was... Yeah, you've been talking to me about just, it throughout the week. Yeah. It was just a sad story. You know, this week I, I did research throughout the week, as did Wyatt. Yeah. I and got uh, on top of it. Yeah, and this story, I mean, I really dove dove into it, and it's just, just all the way around, it's just a, a really, really sad story. Uh, so this is the story of Lacey Peterson, who was uh, found dead in uh, Bay Marina, up in the Bay Area, with her unborn child. She was eight and a half months pregnant, or eight months pregnant when she went missing. Man. And she was found dead. So, let me get into a little backstory of uh, Lacey Peterson and her husband, Scott Peterson. So, they met in... 1994, they were both going to school at San Luis Obispo Slow, which we have one of our friends that goes there. Yeah, uh, we do. Southern California, which is a really great school. Uh, so sh- they were both going to school there. Scott Peterson was actually waiting tables at a local restaurant that Lacey Peterson went to, and uh, that's how they met. Uh, She was described by her family as just kind of like an outgoing girl. So she kind of was the one that made the moves on him and was like, oh, hey, you know, uh, here's my, she, she actually wrote her number down on a napkin, gave it to him. And uh, he thought she was, it was somebody, it was somebody fucking with him. So he never called. She came back and was like, hey, you never called me, whatever. So she was persistent. She was a very outgoing girl. She knew what she wanted. And uh, a very beautiful girl. At that, she was uh, a very attractive, good-looking girl. So in 1996, they got engaged. Uh, in 1997, they got married. Her and Scott Peterson. Everybody describes them as just being the perfect couple. Yeah, that's good. They, it was just like uh, everybody that knew them. It was what people aspired to be as very- a couple. Fairy tale couple. Fairy yeah, yeah, tale. the fairy tale couple. They had, you know, the perfect wedding, the perfect marriage. Um, Scott was really a, a good dude. He was a good dude. A good dude. Uh, but everybody liked him. Yeah. Everybody that met him, you know, he was a really personable guy. Uh, very outgoing. Everybody that knew him. They talked to him and they they, they spoke you know, good of him. Every yeah, time it was like oh, time. like you know, it was like I was m- meeting a, a, a old friend. Like it was never awkward with him. He was just really smooth. Very considerate, very outgoing. Yeah, and uh, Lacey Peterson was you know bubbly, s- super bright personality, the same way. Perfect companion. So it was a good combination. Yeah, you know their family describes them being a great couple, being a good combination, and. Um, this was their marriage. They were good. So, fast forward a few years, uh, the winter of two thousand two, mm-hmm. which was December twenty fourth, Christmas Eve. No, oh. 
Lacey Peterson, he goes missing. And that day, as Scott Peterson describes it, they woke up. uh, They were, it was pretty early around like 8 a.m. or something. Okay. Uh, They have breakfast and they watch a show together. Okay. And that day he tells her like, oh, I'm going to go, go fishing. Okay. And so he leaves around nine or something. Uh, He goes up to the Bay Area, which is probably, uh, it's like an hour, hour and a half away from uh, Modesto. Yes. That's, that's, forgot to mention that. That's where they live. After San Luis Obispo, they move up to Modesto. Okay. Which is where uh, Lacey's family's from. Okay. So that's another reason why I wanted to do the story because it's local. It's pretty local. Uh, Modesto's not too far from where we're at. And, um, well, let me, <laughs> let me get into the reason why I wanted to do this story. Okay. Was because, uh, when I was, when I was young. Yeah. Shit. 2002, I was probably, uh, 10, uh, maybe 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So I actually remember this story in the news. I yeah. remember watching this I feel like a in the news. Yeah. And at the time, my sister was living um, up in Turlock, so like up closer to Modesto. Yeah. So uh, I remember this being a fucking big deal in the news and shit. And uh, I mean, I was just a little kid. So I uh, remember seeing uh, my older siblings watching the fucking uh, news telecast through the whole case and all this shit. That's crazy. So that's why I wanted to do the story. Because uh, well, one... It was reckon, recommended to me by uh, uh, J Juice, and uh, <laughs> J Juice. And two was because I actually remember, like you know, living through this shit. And, yeah. You know, I was like, "Oh, this is fucking crazy." I don't remember the whole trial and everything, but yeah, like similar to my connection with the last story I told. Yeah. Last podcast. Yeah. Marina Joyce. So it was. It was. Like, it was a trip just watching it. Yeah. Um, so she goes missing. He says that he goes fishing, whatever. Um, so he comes back home. The police are notified. They get a 911 call. And he's on the phone and he was like, um, yeah, I came back home. Uh, my my dog's here with the leash on. Uh, my wife was supposed to take him on a walk or take her on a walk. Yeah. And the, the back door is unlocked and like it, it doesn't seem right. Um, I've been trying to call her on her cell phone. It's going straight to voicemail. Uh, can you send somebody? Whatever. Yeah. So cops go, you know, get some information. And she's eight months pregnant. So Jeez. immediately, it's it's like a big, like it's, it turns into a big deal. Yeah. It's like a, a, a frenzy. Uh, Modesto PD is all over it. They start... You know, Jesus. searching, and uh, they they put together search parties, whatever. So this goes on for a few days. They're looking for her. She doesn't come home. And um, the, okay, so the day after, which was Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Um, whenever Scott Peterson called uh, one of the lead detectives... Uh, 
whose name is uh, Alan Braschini. Braschini. Brochini. Brochini. I don't know. I'm Broccoli. probably butchering that. Alan Broccoli. But he, yeah, Alan Broccoli. <laughs> we'll call him that. <clears throat> but he's the lead detective on this case. Okay. So he goes to the Peterson house the day that Scott calls. And in any any kind of like homicide or, or uh, like uh, domestic abuse or anything, the person, like the husband or the wife, they're the, 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 main, main the first. Yeah, they're the main suspect. Yeah. So they, they clear them out before anybody else. So um, just in the documentaries I saw and, and, and articles I read, Whenever he got there and talked to Scott, um, Scott was just in like he was really cooperative, um, you know, just like everybody else described him. He was a, a easygoing guy, easy to talk to. Um, he was asking him questions and he had answers for everything. Okay. Um, but he was, you know, asking him like, "Where were you?" Blah blah blah, and he was just firing back like, "I was here." You know, I was I came back Almost at this time. Too specific, blah, blah, huh? blah, kind of a little. That was one of the things he said. He was like really specific about his answers, and he went fishing that day. Yeah, <clears throat> up in the bay, and so the detective says, oh, "Okay, can you can you take me to your boat?" And he's like, "Oh, it's at this warehouse." Blah blah blah. It's on this strip mall. Whatever. So. They go, uh, Scott opens up his warehouse, and he tells them there's no power, uh, so I can't turn any lights on. And so the detectives are like, okay, well, I'll pull my car up. And he was probably with uh, another, another PD officer. officer. So they pull their cars in, and they use their headlights uh, to illuminate the warehouse. Yeah. And so they go in there, and it's, you know, warehouse. He has his boat in there, and it's like a... a Smaller boat. It's not like a, yeah. you know, it's not like a big boat. It's like a, yacht or uh, a, a small aluminum boat. Okay. Um, so they go in there, they illuminate, you know, he looks around, you know, there's nothing too suspicious. Uh, there's like some concrete weights, like homemade kind of weight okay. looking things. Um, but he looks around, there's nothing. And um, later on that night, he calls the electric whoever services that area and um he was like oh we're trying to do an investigation here how long's your your power been out for in this okay, area so the officer calls like yeah there. okay and uh the guy he's talking to is like the power hasn't like the power's not out there like the power's on oh wow oh and geez. uh so that was one of the the things that made that officer suspicious of Scott Immediately, yeah. because he was like, well, the, right off the bat, started off with a lie. Yeah. So he was like, okay. So he started keeping an eye on him more. And, um, he interviews Scott a little bit more. Um, they do a, a police interview, which is recorded and he's asking him questions. And, um, Scott's just, he has this story like down, like concrete, solid, very very solid, but it sounds super rehearsed. If you see the videos, it's really like it just sounds really like he knows like every single say. like it's like every little detail, like he knows. Yeah, and um, so they do this recording, the recorded interview, and this officer this officer even says that he's never um, 
for a missing case. Yeah. Like that soon, he's never done a recorded interview of the spouse. Really? Um, but it wasn't because they were suspicious of him or anything. It yeah. was they're, they're just being thorough. And uh, so they ask him if he's um, if he's willing to do a polygraph test. And okay. so Scott's like, oh, yeah, like we could do it. So they schedule it for the next day, which is Christmas Day, the 25th of December, 2002. Whoa, really? So so he, she went missing on the 24th? Yeah, and they do all this. All in one day? Yeah. Wow. And Scott's, he's going through this whole interview, and he's, they they's describe him as being cool as a cucumber like he's cool as a cucumber he's fine like he's not he's not phased by any of the shit yeah he's answering all their questions um you know calmly and he's not like in a panic not freaking out at all um whenever they notified Lacey's family that she was missing immediately they went over yeah they were searching the parks and and all the neighborhoods around, and everybody was frantic. And Scott was just cool, and he got interviewed by the cops, and he wasn't panicking or anything. Yeah, that's not that's not suspicious at all. Yeah, and so the next day they had the polygraph scheduled. <clears throat> he ends up calling the officer, and uh, he says, uh, on advice from I think he said his dad, uh, uh, I'm not going to do this polygraph. Okay. So, he doesn't do the polygraph. I wonder why. <clears throat> and this lead detective's still a little suspicious of him, but they're trying to follow other leads. They're trying to see if they could find him. Um, by this point, you know, it's it's turning into into a story. Uh, media's getting involved, like local news and all this shit. Uh, so, the 31st of December... They have a, a candlelight visual for her. So at this point, it's been it's been like Seven a week. Days. It's yeah. been a week since she's gone missing, and uh, the 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 mom of Lacey Peterson she's on the news, talking and and you know just saying uh, I think they were offering like a two hundred fifty thousand or, or twenty five thousand dollar reward or oh, something wow. um, for any leads, and so they're on the news. Um, and they have a, a a candlelight vigil for her that day. <clears throat> and everybody, you know, the whole family is up in the front in front of everybody. Okay. And, yeah. you know, thanking people Supporting. for coming. Yeah. And uh, Scott's nowhere to be found. Like, he's, mm. uh, there's actually, uh, uh, like, news cameras televising this thing. And recording everybody there, and uh, you see Scott in the background, like not with the family, what? not with anybody. He's like in the back, um, and then he's not there for for a point. And um, so, this is all going on. They they put together uh, like a support center, okay, where people go uh, uh, put hot. flyers out, okay, and. Um, they're they're actively looking for Lacey. Making an attempt. Yeah. <coughs> and um this was kind of organized by Scott. Okay. And so there's people looking for putting flyers out. And um I mean this is going on for for like a few weeks. So 
During this time, the police department's still pretty suspicious of him. So they're keeping their eye on him. They're still uh, questioning him pretty heavily. Yeah. You know, about his whereabouts and um, trying to kind of find out what's been going on. So they actually find out that the uh, the day she went missing, there was people that said that they saw her uh, walking her dog. Wow. Um, Around the na- uh, around the neighborhood to the to the local park okay. that they live by, um, so they think that she might have gotten kidnapped or something. Yeah. Um, but it turned like there was a, another crime that went on across the street from their house, Whoa. which was a burglary. Uh, uh, their neighbors they they went out to L.A. Yeah. And they, they left and um there was a, a burglary that went on in their house. Okay. Um that morning. And so they were trying to find out who the burglars were because they thought that they might have uh you know, Lacey was walking by and saw it. Saw it and they kidnapped her. Yeah, it makes sense. And um you know, so they were kinda trying to follow that lead, but at the same time they still didn't clear Scott. He was still being pretty suspicious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just because the whole fucking, um, you know, he didn't want to take the polygraph. and He was also in the Bay uh, Area that day. Yeah, and he was a little little suspicious. Too uh, rehearsed, too. Yeah, and I mean, they were saying, like, uh, people were like, you know, you have an eight-month pregnant wife. Like, why are you leaving? Yeah, why are you taking off to go fishing when yeah. an hour away? An hour away on Christmas to... Eve. And that night they had a dinner with their with uh, Lacey's family. They're ready to burst. Yeah. So, you know, it just kind of wasn't adding up. So they kept their eye on him. Um, they ended up uh, kind of just keeping their eye on him just let him be for a while watch what he does yeah but uh i'm gonna edit this part out um yeah so they were continuing their investigation um while he i mean he he told them where they were at the lead detective had kind of a suspicion so uh they were sending uh, via, like they were sending cops out to, to the Bay Area, okay, to go search the Bay Area. Um, they were going into the Bay Marina, and um, it was like the Berkeley Marina or something. Yeah, and sending like dive teams down searching for searching the Bay for her. Yeah, because it had been a while, so they were looking for like a body and shit. Oh, and um, so. The the detective recalls Scott like renting cars and driving up to the bay, what? and he remembers him seeing like Scott park and watch them search. Whoa! But he wasn't like checking in, like, "Hey, I'm gonna go out there and you know search just take with a look." Guys, yeah. yeah, he was just and he was just kind of like you know in the watching. background. Yeah, yeah, just watching. Really Which not, was another red flag. Not suspicious at all. Yeah. And, you know, this whole invas- investigation was going on. Uh, if you look at any any of the, the the news broadcastings, like, the family's fucking distraught. Like, they're 
freaking out. Freaking out. They're pleading. You know, the dad's crying on TV. Yeah. And Scott, he didn't do any type of interviews or anything. And, like, it just looks fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's weird. So the lead detective, he ends up getting a search warrant to go search the Peterson house. Okay. And uh, the day he got the search warrant, they went over. Uh, they go in. They go knock on the Peterson, and he's, like, eating breakfast and shit. And um, he serves him with the warrant. Yeah. And, you know, typically with a warrant, if it's, you know, somebody's house, uh, I don't know exactly how it works, but the way they say this one went was they went to the house, they served him with the warrant, and he just needed to sign for consent and was like, okay, you can search my house. Yeah. But he was, like, shocked. That they were there. That they were there and they wanted to search the house. And um, he told the guy... Um, the lead detective, he called him Al for short. Yeah. And he was like, where's the trust, Al? What? And he was shocked that they were there. Yeah. And then he told him, you really expect me to sign this uh, without a lawyer? And... You're being suspicious now? Yeah, and he was just kind of like, anybody who didn't have anything to do with anything would have been just like, Here, fucking go look, ahead, look, search everything. Yeah. So... They had to fucking, you know, do it by the law. They ended up going in there, searching everything. Um, and, like, shit just kind of wasn't adding up. Uh, like, the day they, they went to the, the, the Christmas Eve that same night, yeah. when they went to his warehouse, um, they saw his boat, whatever, and they saw, uh, uh, like, I think it was one, like, uh, homemade anchor. Yeah, the which concrete. Was a concrete Anchor. Homemade weights. Yeah. And then uh, when they went to his house, they saw like a uh, area of his driveway with the mop out that was all wet and shit. Like, yeah. You know, mopped up. Um, I mean, that wasn't really big evidence or anything. Super, but not yeah, it was a little, a little suspicious. A little sus. Yeah. So with him not consenting to the, to the search... Kind of raised a little more red flag, so they were keeping an eye on him a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and so the investigation was going on. They had the search parties. They had the family on TV. All this shit. Um, they had a hotline that was active. Yeah. During this investigation. Full time. And what happened next made... It was a big turn in the case. Okay. Because <clears throat> a woman called the hotline. Yeah. And she spoke to just like one of the operators. And the lead investigator, uh, Al, I'll yeah. call him Al, he was standing behind the person, the woman who was taking this call. And they type out whatever the person's saying. And uh, he says he just remembers reading um, Scott Peterson's My Boyfriend. Oh. So, introducing to this case dun, dun, dun. is Amber Fry. Okay. Which is a girl uh, from Fresno. Uh. And she was, I think, living in Madeira at the time. Okay. And she was Scott Peterson's girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. So this married man who had a kid on the way awesome. had a mistress on the side. Wow. And she called in. She saw, uh, I think, her one of her friends who, uh, I think it was a friend who actually introduced them, saw this whole news thing going on, saw him and told her about it. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, after that, she immediately called the Modesto PD and said, uh, Scott Peterson is my boyfriend. We've been seeing each other exclusively. He said that he was single, blah, blah, blah. What can I do to help? Wow. So the lead detective, he saw this girl typing this, and then he picked up the phone, and he was like, like, what's going on? She told him kind of the whole story. He was like, I'm going there right now. Fucking drives to, to well, I don't know where she was living. I don't know if it was yeah. Fresno or Modesto or uh, Madera. Merced or Madera. <laughs> Madera. Drives down there. He gets there. He takes uh, uh, a recording device. Uh-huh. I mean, this was fucking 2002. Tape recorder. So it was like some shit that you plug into your phone and with like tapes, like actual tapes and wow. shit. Wow. So he says, uh, when, whenever, whenever he calls or when you talk to him, plug this into your phone and, you know, push these buttons and record the conversation. After he tells her this, she gets a phone call. Oh, my God. <coughs> and it's fucking Scott Peterson. What? And this was, I think this was the day of the, the, the vigil, which was the first recording okay. that they had. And he calls, and like I said before, he was in the background. He didn't want to be in the cameras and shit. Yeah. So he calls, and he was like, hey, uh, I'm glad I caught you. Happy New Year's. Uh, She's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm glad to talk to you. Thank you for calling. And he was like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm in Paris right now. What? I'm at this New Year's party. Like, it's crazy. The crowd's huge, and you could hear a bunch of people, but it's from the fucking vigil. What the fuck? And at, by this point, she already knows what's going yeah, on. She... And um, so she's just r- recording the whole thing and kind of playing along. Yeah. And so there's there's this recording of him fucking, you know, just Back playing. Like yeah. And um, so she has... A shitload of these recordings. Jeez. Like a shitload of him fucking calling and saying this and that. So, it's going on. Uh, by this time, the media is getting super involved. Um, it's becoming like a national fucking story. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody's looking for Lacey Peterson. And it was a big deal. I remember this shit when I was a kid. Everything was going on. The cops were suspicious of Scott. Yeah. People were pressing Scott about... I mean, the family was kind of on Scott's side. Okay. So there was people questioning, like, what is going on with your wife? This and that. And he was just the same smooth fucking guy. Rehearsed. Had his own answers for every every question. And um, there were... Like, what 
like, did were you involved? Like, shit like that? Yeah. Like, you know, what's going on? I should blatantly ask him. Yeah. And so media was all over him. Yeah. Uh, all over his house. He had no fucking peace or anything. And so this girl comes forward. His, his mistress <coughs> comes forward and, and says that she was his side piece, basically. Oh, to the news. To the news. Okay. She has a press conference, which is really short. Um, it was just her coming out that she was dating him, but she had no idea about his wife. Okay. So when this is all going on, before she came out, she called Scott and confronted him about it and was like, like, I, I, I seen you on the news. Like, I know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And Scott's just trying to save his ass. Yeah. And making up all these excuses and shit. <clears throat> and, um, like, she's just like, fuck you. What the fuck? Yeah. And I'll get into what he actually tells her. Okay. But, um, then she comes out on the, you know, fucking does her press national, conference. does her press conference and, uh, says that basically she, she was, he was having an affair. Yeah. With her. Um, and the fucked up thing was that they met in November. Okay. And she went, Lacey Peterson went missing in December. So they were dating for like a month and a half. Jeez. Oh, wow. <clears throat> sure. And he was calling her and telling her all this shit. Like, I care about you. Blah, blah, blah. They had this whole story where when she first met him, uh, they were set up by a friend. And he went down and had a hotel. And they met up. And... um he was like, oh, uh, I got to go change and shower. Uh, you come up to the hotel room yeah, um, and wait for me. And uh, when she goes up there, he has, like, two dozen roses and, like, shit all over the room, like, super romantic yeah, and shit. Romantic. Yeah, really smooth guy, like everybody's saying. He's a smooth fucking, you know, he's a smooth guy. Yeah. And um, so she tells this whole story and how they met and um, their relationship and, you know, they fucked. It nice. was a romantic relationship. And uh, after she comes and does a press conference, the media fucking blows up. Yeah. Like, I'm talking the, the, the fucking uh, New York Times, L.A. Times. Big. The, yeah, big, and it's all over the fucking little magazines you see at the grocery store. Jesus fucking Christ. everywhere. So Scott Peterson was enemy number one. Yeah, everybody's against him now. Yeah. And so when this happened, uh, the cops already knew about it. Yeah. And they, the media, she was going to do the press conference. So the cops didn't tell their families, Scott okay. Peterson or anything. And so they knew she was going to do the interview. So they were like, well, we got to tell them before they find out about it on the media. Yeah. So they tell uh, Lacey Peterson's family or mm -hmm. Lacey's family. Yeah. And they can't fucking believe it. And really? they just completely like cut ties and disown him. The whole uh the 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 organization, the search group and all that, they shut it down because it was Scott's idea. Wow. And um they're just like, fuck you, like what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And um at this point the media's all over them. Media's all over Scott. Uh he ends up going to San Diego, which is where he's from. He has his parents down there and his family and shit. So he goes to San Diego. 
Which is weird because your wife's missing. Why are you taking off? Why are you taking off? Yeah. You're not going to look for your wife and your unborn child. You're just going to take off because the media is, you know. Harassing you? Yeah. And so they start questioning him. After the search, uh, the the volunteer group is shut down, uh, people start coming forward saying that um, whenever they would put pictures of them up, yeah, he would tell them, like, I don't want any pictures of me up there. Take them down. Wow. And so he would go in there every day and look at the pictures, and if there was anything with him in it, he would physically take it down. What? And his excuse was that he wanted it to just be about Lacey. Okay. And not focus on him. So he was telling people not to put any pictures of him. He didn't want any pictures taken of him. He didn't want any video taken of him. Well, because he didn't want his girlfriend. Exactly. Exactly. And um, so fast forward uh, a, a, a couple weeks. A couple's walking down the beach in the Bay Area. Yeah. And they walk upon a corpse, washed upon shore, very badly decomposed, which is a woman. Yeah. The coroners go pick it up, and a mile down shore, there is a baby fetus washed up on shore. Jesus Christ. And this is a part that fucked me up, because it's like, holy shit. Like, as a parent, like, oh, I can't imagine that shit. Like, that is truly super fucked up. Yeah. And... If he's involved in any in any way, he is the biggest piece of shit ever. Like I can't imagine doing like, that to not only your wife. Like that but is also your, your child. child. Yeah. Like you, you know, no matter what happened, if you if it was an accident or anything, if you if you father a child into like you know, if you if you have the intent to create a kid, and like you. Just, Destroy it like that. Yeah. Like, you are the biggest piece of fucking trash in my eyes. Like, piece of shit. So, they find these bodies. He is in San Diego at this point. Uh, The cops are trailing him. They have a tracker on his car. Yeah. Um, At this point, he dyed his hair red. He has a goatee. Because he was a clean-cut guy. He never had any facial hair or anything. Um, He has a goatee. um, Just looking like he's trying to disguise himself and shit. Yeah. And they're trying to do a, a... Well, they do an autopsy, and they're trying to figure out who these bodies are. Yeah. Turns out that... Well, while they're doing the autopsy, the lead detective, Al, is down there trailing him. And um, Scott finds out that the cops are trailing him. So uh, on one of the days, he's driving fucking erratically on the freeway. He's speeding up. He's going like 80, 90, and then slamming on his brakes and turning and doing U-turns and doing all kinds of crazy shit. What? So he says that it got to the point where it was too dangerous for him to be on the road. So they pulled him over. Okay. And um, he said that when they pulled him over, Scott said, was it them? He had nothing, no idea what was going on. He said, was it them? What? And um, they found in his car, uh, it was a really nice car. Like, it was like a Mercedes or something. Okay. So he had traded in his car, got a badass car. It was in San Diego, and uh, they found, like, $15,000 on him. What? They found uh, climbing rope. They found, like, hiking gear. They found suits. They found 15 pairs of shoes. What? Um, 
like a whole wardrobe. And he was in San Diego, and that's where he was from. Okay. So the case was getting down. They found the bodies. He knew what was up. They suspected that he was going to fucking go to Mexico. He was going to try to uh, go escape. to the border and escape. Which is, I mean, fuck, you got that. You're not just riding around with that much money on you. Yeah, you're and I was just, planning something. Yeah, which was really suspicious. Uh, on their way to San Diego back up to Modesto. Yeah. Um, I think they're around Bakersfield. And they call the detectives and they have the the fucking reports and they say that yeah that's that's Lacey Peterson and the baby Jeez. and uh so the detective gets the call <clears throat> and um he says oh so it was them or something like that yeah and then Scott hears it and he does like a like a he remembers him doing like a stupid like sigh or something yeah and then he tells him like that was your wife and your unborn child and he has no reaction at all. Because he knows. He already knows. And they're getting into Bakersfield. And uh, he, he tells him, he was like, hey, uh, we're going to stop to get a bite to eat. Uh, do you want anything? And he says immediately, he says, uh, in and out I want a double-double with fries and a Coke. And he was like, he said, I was thinking to myself, you just got the worst news of your life. You found out your, your, your wife is dead and your child I don't know anybody that can hear news like that and bounce right back and just want to eat a whole meal. And this dude was just like, yeah, I want this and that. Just fuck it. Yeah. And so um, he's arrested. Uh, They're trying to uh, charge him for capital murder. Yeah. Uh, He's in jail. His trial actually starts um, in 2004, June 2004. So almost two years after she she's dead, uh, his trial starts, <clears throat> and their preliminary pre preliminary trial was uh, aired. Okay, and it was this big fucking media frenzy. Did like, you it ever was see that? As a huge. Kid? I don't remember seeing that. Okay, but it was huge, um, and they go through the. I mean, they it's a whole pro. They select the jury. They do all this shit. It's this huge fucking story, and he's just sticking to his his same fucking same old story. Um, there's people protesting outside. It's Jesus. like this big fucking deal. And um, he goes to trial. He gets this badass lawyer who's uh, one of the best fucking defense attorneys. Really, really fucking good. And uh, the prosecution, they have. Um, like some some evidence. There's it's circumstantial evidence, so it's nothing that ties him to the crime. There's no, no DNA or anything. Yeah, no physical evidence. <clears throat> no physical evidence. So the defense is is putting up this this fight that it was the burglars or something going on. Yeah, somebody else kidnapped her, and and did this crime, um, and the prosecution, you know, puts all this shit together like. Uh, like he fucking was at the marina. Yeah, he was there. He was at the location. He kept checking on them. Um, when they went to his house, there there was like a few things. Like they found a big indention in in the bed, and so they nice. think that she he like their theory was that he uh, 
he suffocated her, like pushed her into the bed and oh, wow. suffocated her. Because there was no blood or anything. Yeah. And um, killed her and put her in the truck and the next day drove out. And then um, the defense was saying that there was people that saw her walking the dog and it was after he left. Um, so it was a lot of back and forth. Yeah. Um, just evidence, like super suspicious shit. <clears throat> the defense wanted to... Uh, they had a test where they took the same boat that Scott had and they put a, a it was like a sack filled with this the same weight as uh, Lacey. Yeah. And it was a small boat and they were tipping it over the side of the boat and each time they did it, water came in the boat Okay. and like pretty much sunk it. Oh. <clears throat> but the judge dismissed it because it wasn't scientific evidence. So uh, that was a big thing the defense was riding on. Didn't work out. Uh, there was a few other promises the defense made that was supposedly gonna prove that he was innocent, but they didn't um, do anything. And at this point, the prosecution wasn't really doing much either. Um, and but they had their secret weapon, which was Amber Fry. Yeah. And she had all these recordings, and Jeez. they say that when she played the recordings, the jury, because everybody was kind of thinking he was innocent on the jury. Okay. Like the way it was going. It looked like it was innocent. But when she played the recordings, there was so much shit on there. There was uh, him saying that he was in Paris. Um, and then when she confronted him and found out that his wife was missing, yeah. she told him, like, I know your wife's missing. Why? Uh, Why are you still acting like Like a, like like a, couple, a couple weeks before that. Yeah. <clears throat> He had called her and said that uh, he had lost his wife and this was the first holidays that wow. he was without her. And that was before she went missing and made this big old lie saying Jesus. that these are going to be the first holidays without her. And she thought that she had died, like accident or cancer, but she didn't want to pry into it. So she never asked about it. Yeah. And so, she, uh, you know, she felt bad for him. And then she found out about this whole thing. And she told him, like, why did you tell me that? Like, you tell are you a psychic? How did you know your wife was going to go missing? And yeah. He was like, she was missing. She was lost. She just wasn't there. Like, she was emotionally lost. Like, I'm not, you know, I didn't do anything. You know, just trying to cover his ass. Yeah. And um. she, like, the whole recordings come out. <clears throat> and there's just so much shit, so much recording of him calling her. Uh, after she found out that his wife was missing, he called her again and was trying to, like, continue a relationship with her. Jesus. And, like, this dude was just a fucking scumbag. Like, yeah. And then, it, uh, like, it turns out, like, when they first got married, he was having a relationship with another college girl from San Luis Obispo because they got married while they were in college. Oh, though. wow. And so this wasn't the first time, like, this dude was a scumbag. And yeah. uh, that chick that he was dating, it was the same thing, like flowers and this and that, and promises and romantics. Yeah. And uh, so they thought he was he was he got her pregnant. He didn't want to be a father. Oh wow. He wanted to be a single dude. <clears throat> yeah. He wanted to have this mistress, and so he killed her yeah. to get out of all that. And. All the recordings came out. Um, 
the the jury they had to make a decision um it was crazy because the jury was pretty much they were going through this for fucking days i think it might have been weeks yeah and um one of the jurors he he talked to i think it was um lacy's brother on yeah. the way in to the courtroom and you're not supposed to talk to any of the family or anything. Yeah. So he got kicked out and it had to go to retrial. They had to Jeez. get another juror. They did this again. Another member got kicked out for speaking to the media. They did another retrial. They did all this shit again. And a female member got kicked out. For looking online or something or on a news article yeah. and bringing evidence that wasn't because they're supposed to go on evidence based on only in the court, only in the court. Yeah. And so this lady brought shit that she had read and presented it to the jury, and yeah. they found out and she got kicked out. Oh my god! So they did it a fourth time, and this time, I think the jury spent like it was really quick. And they came out with a verdict, and this was a really big moment. Um, at this point, it wasn't being televised. It was just the audio. Okay. But there was news anchors outside the fucking uh, courthouse and everything, and they were reporting it live. And uh, outside the courthouse, is fucking big crowd, huge Jesus. crowd. And uh, they're reading the verdict, and they're like, uh, we as a jury, blah, 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 uh, find Scott Peterson guilty of uh, first degree and second degree murder. <clears throat> and the people that were in the courtroom, they say they remember hearing every, like it was a rumble. Like people were cheering, going fucking crazy outside. Wow. <clears throat> and um, this dude just got fucking possibly life. and Well, it was life, in, life or since death in yeah. prison. And uh, there was like some some people that got interviewed later on and they said that they remember looking around and the prosecution side was happy it was Lacey's family and everything and the defense you know there were just grunts and shit and people were upset and she remembers looking at Scott and he was just stone cold like he had no reaction like nothing Still. like if you're an innocent man like I would have been flipping out like yeah. well, you know really and a week later um, they decided what was going to happen if he was going to get life or if he was going to get sent to, sentenced to death. He got sentenced to death. Good. Um, and he's still in San Quentin. He's still waiting on death row. To this day, he's on death row. Um, but uh, it was fucked up. That's fucked up. And uh, it was it's it's a mystery because we still don't know for sure. For sure if he did it. If he didn't do it, it was a fucked up coincidence if somebody did it. Yeah. You know, pretty much framed him. It was the perfect opportunity, but just from all the other shit that he was just so shady about, I don't really doubt him doing it. No, it definitely sounds like he did it. And uh the only, I mean, fuck, the family was fucked up. Lacey's family was really fucked up. The interviews with her mom and her family are super fucking sad. Yeah. Um but they came out with, uh, I don't know, I think it's called the Lacey Peterson Act or something, which is, uh, in the state of California at least, if you kill somebody who, like a, mo like a woman, a pregnant woman, a pregnant woman with a child, uh, you're going to get charged for uh, 
like a double homicide. Jesus. So you're they're getting charged for With two murders. Yeah, two murders. For the murder of the mom. Yeah. The murder of the child. Which it wasn't like that before. So that was uh, you know, it's fucked up that it had happened this way, but yeah. you know, it made the laws a little different, a little more stricter. That's good. But um that's the story of Lacey Peterson, which is a fucked Fucking up story. Crazy. Yeah. Let's see what uh <coughs> what you got going on. I got a story, it's a... About Lisa Lamb. E. E. Lisa Lamb. That is, that's a story. Yeah. This one's actually really trippy, but. Yeah, it's pretty trippy. Okay, so Lisa Lamb, she was. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Lisa, I'm just kidding, sorry. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't close to my mic at all. Lisa Lamb was um, a younger lady. Right, I think she just out of college and stuff like that. Twenties, um, yeah, twenty, twenty-ish, something like that. Yeah, um, she was enrolled. She was a Canadian member or a Canadian citizen, enrolled in school in Canada. Canada, a a sorry a sipping that syrup, <laughs> sipping the syrup. Well, anyways, she took a trip down to L.A. and when she was in L.A., she stayed in the Cecil Hotel. And. uh uh, Elisa, she was pretty normal, I say, except for the fact that she was bipolar and she had consistent uh, times of depression in her life. Yeah. Where it, there's... Uh, if you, many of us do. Yeah. A lot of us do. Yeah. And uh, there was times that reflected in her. She had a, like a blog before Tumblr and anything. Oh, okay. She had a blog where she would uh, post some pretty dark... And depressive thoughts. It's about her life and shit. About her lights reflecting yeah. how she feels and stuff like that. Right. And so she was, you know, not well known to the public, but obviously now she's known that she was a, a depressed and mm-hmm. bipolar and she was taking medication for this. Nobody ever, like, said anything. No, no, no. Like nobody to... really paid attention to it. Yeah. I mean, obviously now we do. Yeah. But well, what, what year was this in? Uh, this was in 91. Oh shit! So yeah, way back way here. before anybody cared. Yeah, way before this stuff was a big deal and a real thing. Yeah. So that's a long time. Yeah, she wow. stayed in the Cecil Hotel, and uh, where she stayed was kind of like a hostel. Mm. Um, in she, L.A. In L.A. Yeah, Cecil Hotel in, LA, in a hostel style living quarters. It's basically a big dorm with a bunch of r- random roommates. Yeah. And. Uh, so she's staying there for a while, and the people in her shared room complained of her odd behavior. And to uh, negate the odd behavior and negate the complaints, the Cecil Hotel gave her a private room. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she was moved to a private room, and I think she was doing some touristy type stuff in L.A., just hanging out, and... uh when the day she goes missing officially, um, there is camera footage from the elevator in the hotel of her acting really weird. Yeah, yeah, we saw. I saw that. Yeah, shit. it's pretty weird. She's yeah. like hiding in the elevator, like jumping in and out. Yeah, looks like she's talking to somebody and then jumping back in the elevator. Yeah, it looks like she's like yelling and shit. Yeah, like tripping out, like yeah. having like freaking out completely, not erratically, just not normal behavior. So that was the last time she was seen alive on any camera or by anybody. 
Do you know what day that was? That I was. Um, let me go through my notes. She checked into the hotel on January 26th uh, of 2013. She was a Canadian tourist. Um, so I can't imagine it was, wasn't too far after. Look at that head. Oof, that's a big boy. That's a big head. That's I just poured the head. rest of that beer right now, and it's a big... I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is a big head. It's a big head. And it's black. Nice. Anyways... she checked in on the 26th her birthday was february 18th so not too far off yeah and uh so here here's what happened i'll just give you i'll tell you guys what happened she apparently got access to the roof at some point uh and she was found in the water tanks above the cecil hotel on top dead inside fucking horrible floating uh nude her clothes were found inside the tank as well. And the only <laughs> the way that they found her was that people in the hotel were complaining of the tap water coming out black Ugh. and then going to clear and then that the water was tasting funny. You're drinking a girl's flesh. Straight out of the tap water. That is, oh God, that is disgusting. So a maintenance man went up there and found her floating in wow, the tank. That's fucking horrible. And these are like gigantic 400-gallon tanks. Yeah, it's fucking with, huge. Yeah, big metal tanks that would, you know, hold enough water for an entire hotel. Yeah. And she was found dead inside floating. Oh, God. So imagine, that, imagine being that guy that had a glass of water and finding that shit out. The, that's worse than your fucking uh, plunger story. Yeah, I'd take a plunger over that any day. Oh, That's God. pretty bad. You ingested a dead girl's fucking body. That's pretty bad. That is horrible. I would throw up for the next month if I found that shit up. That's, it's pretty bad, but... Tap water is looking like my fucking beer right now. <laughs> oh. Dark as fuck. <laughs> but it's not getting you drunk. No, it's just nasty. Ugh. But, um... So there have been many theories because her death was never ruled out as a murder or a homicide or no foul play. They ruled it out as an accident. Mm. So there is no real evidence that she was ever murdered. Yeah. Um, so one theory is that she was either drunk or high on like LSD or something. Yeah. And she got access to the roof and jumped in and drowned to death. Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, that theory was discouraged because her toxicology report came back as clean system. No alcohol or hard drugs in her system at all. Yeah. Uh, theory two are that there's ghosts. Because the Cecil Hotel is actually pretty uh, infamous for having a consistent history of murders and hosting oh, really? murderers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a serial killer stayed in the hotel who was convicted of 13 different murders between, uh, uh, 19, like 1984 and like 1985. Um, another killer named, uh, Jack something, Jack, uh, Uyghur in 1991. And there was an unsolved murder in Cecil hotel in 1964. 
Uh, it was one of the last places the Black Dahlia was seen alive. Um, and the people who either lived at the hotel consistently or lived around the hotel called it the suicide because people consistently go to the hotel and jump off Fuck. either from the windows or the top and kill themselves because it's a pretty tall building in L.A. Yeah. So this uh, this hotel is pretty infamous for death all infamous? around. Infamous. Intimous. Intimous. Intimacy. Intimate. Hey! Anyway, so... No, well, there was another theory I saw online, too. What's the third? I didn't find a third theory. the elevator game. Whoa. What's this? Which is, uh... I mean, a- another one of the online fucking, you know... Oh, like the crazy blue whale shit. thing? So, the elevator game is basically a game people play on an elevator okay to uh access the gateway to hell what yeah and so there are specific instructions for the elevator game i don't know them all but i know that you uh you're supposed to jump in the elevator you push a uh, a combination of buttons Okay. And then you jump back out. Then you jump back in. Was it a video game or something? Something. You push more combinations of buttons. Um, and then at some point you're supposed to see demons. Which is why they say she was yelling. Yeah. She was... It, it's pretty easy to find Ghost Searcher, but at least a lamb elevator video. It's the first thing that shows up. But she's seen outside of the elevator moving her hands and... Yeah, a very waving, not normal fact, like yeah. not not inhuman, but yeah. just not normal. Yeah, and talking to somebody like down the hall or just outside the camera. So view. they're they're saying, you know, like at this point she was talking to demons, and then uh, you're supposed to uh, go to a certain floor, and then um, then you then you die and you go to hell. Oh. But she was game over. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, she went up to the roof and, and jumped in that thing and drowned herself. Well here's yeah. the here's the hard thing though, is that that there was a door up to there to the roof that would have been easy to access, but the door had an alarm on it. Mm-hmm. There was no alarm sounded that day. Yeah. There is like a fire escape up to the roof, but that is extremely hard to access and to get to the roof. Um so and not only that, but the water tanks are also hard to get to. I believe they're in like a fenced an area on a big old platform. You have to climb up, and then you have to climb up the actual water tank and lift a twenty five pound lid, and then you have access to the water in the water tank. Yeah. So, it, it seems really suspicious that this smaller, like hundred and twenty to hundred thirty pound girl was able to scale. She could have been doing fucking uh, parkour or some shit all the all way up there. She could have been doing some work, some workouts yeah, for something. her arms to get super solid. Hulk smash, and just threw that fucking lid right off. Yeah, but it, it's it just doesn't add up. With it doesn't. No, it doesn't. The way add up. she is and how hard it is to access. Yeah, it. no, I agree with you. So that's why people are suspicious of this so yeah. much. But. It does appear that her cause of death was drowning 
and she, at the end of the day, she drowned. She drowned to death, and she well, she leaked her bodily fluids into the tap water. Nice, but my personal theory is is that she gained access to the roof. She was having a breakdown, mental breakdown or something. Yeah, she got to the roof, just fucking around, being having her breakdown. Yeah, able to get to the water tower, opened it. Decided to get in, and the hatch closed on her, and she wasn't able to get out. That makes a lot of sense. Because those are probably about a good 10 feet high. And if it's full, you are not, you can't really tread water and open up a 25-pound door, even if it's to the top. Yeah, no, exactly. And if it's halfway full, you're, you're, you have no more chance. more fucked. Yeah. yeah. So, personally, that's my theory, is that she made her way up there. Yeah, and she just... Fell in. She fell in and she was trying to tread water as much as she could until she got tired. Fuck. She probably was going on for hours. Yeah. And she got tired and... Well, my, my question is, was she... Did the air run out first? Did she breathe it all out? Or do you think she drowned first? Because either way is a terrible way to go. Yeah. No, drowning or suffocating is definitely in my top five list of... Fucking dying. That is horrible. Either way she went, if she drowned or she suffocated, that is so fucked up. I don't think any human should have to should have that. to do that, but it's fucked up because a lot of humans do. Yeah. They fuck up and suffocate or drown. That's probably one of the worst overestimate. ways to go. Yeah. That and getting uh, burned to death. Yeah, that's probably one of the worst. Or falling. Like crashing an airplane or parachute fail. Because you, you get to just... Yeah, you see that. You, you live that whole die. thing. You know, yeah. You're seeing the whole thing. You get to relive your whole life right in front of your eyes. And then you're dead. But, uh... No, drowning's probably got to be so bad. Yeah. Because shit... When I have a chocolate milkshake and I get too much of that in my throat, and I'm gargling, yeah, that is not pleasant. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I can't imagine, you know, fuck. I've been in pools where I just taking on a bunch just, of water and yeah. like shit, man. Like imagine if it? you can't, like if you have no choice, yeah, but to fucking swallow that shit and just die. That's terrible. Like, that's fucked up. That's a well. The thing up is, you start up. breathing the water. Exactly. Like you have it. no choice but to breathe it in, like, and then you're, your your body you, fill you with water. Die. Yeah. That's got to be so bad. So either way, if she suffocated, or if she drowned, those are both really fucked up ways to go. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna try to lighten the mood here real quick. Oh. This morbid talk, and uh, morbidly obese in the waist. Wow. Talking about my uh, wow, Vita. My wiener. No. Oh, okay. Not yours. Who's? Mine. Our guest next week. Uh, his penis is about the size of a peapod. <laughs> Not that big. Alrighty, guys. Here are my couple of favorite uh, funny headlines from what I found. Uh, you ready for this? Let's hear it. 
Store owner tells Robert to come back later. And they did. <laughs> did they rob him? Well, the guy shows up the first time, tries to rob him. Owner goes, come back later. I'll have more money. <laughs> Robert leaves. Come back at 11 p.m. Comes back later and, and cops are sitting there waiting for him to arrest him. Oh, God. Just He's just walking like, give me your fucking money. <laughs> The cop's like, give me your fucking hands. <laughs> like, fuck. Oh, that's got to be pretty pretty shitty for a robber. Yeah. Well, it's pretty shitty that dude was dumb enough to come back and like, yeah, I'll give around two. All right, are you ready for this one? This is going to be a good one. Yeah. Woman busts naked intruder in tub, munching her Cheetos. Oh. <laughs> Don't touch my Cheetos. Get your fucking hands off my fucking Cheetos. Oh, did she call the cops or she handled yeah. this? She No, she called the cops. She found a naked man in her bathtub eating her Cheetos while taking a bath. That's and, uh, a big no-no. Yeah. Don't ever touch nobody's Cheetos. Wow. That's a crime all by itself. Chester Cheeto would not be happy about Chester that. Chester Cheeto would not approve. No. Wow. Yeah. And my my last favorite one for now is a uh, man charged with a uh, stolen car. Man charged with grand theft. Yeah. Drive stolen car to court. <laughs> 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 they can't get me for this one. Just imagine. Like, <laughs> hey, Jerry, that's a nice car you got. Where'd you get it? Eh, don't worry about it. I just stole it the other day. <laughs> oh, whatever, Jerry. And Jerry's like a... All right, guys, see you later. I got to go to my court date for Grand Theft. <laughs> Can you give me a ride? No. No. Fuck. I'll just drive this. I'll just drive my car. stolen Mercedes. Yeah. I actually have a headline. You have a headline for that us? Was pretty, that I thought was pretty funny. So, uh, the title reads This is one I saw on Instagram, and it says, uh, Florida always delivers the wildest headlines. That's very true. Fucking wild. Always. So, the headline reads Florida woman farts in line at store, tries to stab man who complained. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine this black woman just ripping ass right in front of you? Cutting the biggest cheese. Cutting the big cheese. And you're like, hey, I don't like that smell. And she fucking tries to shank you. Looks out a fucking switchblade. Fuck you, see, bitch. I'm fucking stab you right now. Fucking cut you. You're trying to return some shit. You're trying to return some faulty fucking space heater that your friend bought you. And she's in line and she farts and you're like, can you not can you fart in my fucking face? And she pulls out a knife and tries to stab you. Tries to fucking kill you on the spot. Oh, God. Fucking that sounds like my neighborhood, Walmart. Florida is wild. Yeah. No, Florida's, Florida's, got Florida's some just shit. something else. Florida's got some shit. Florida's on something. Yeah. They're on that flow rider flow. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Flow rider flow. Oh, Florida spells Florida. Exactly. Oh, we just got our fucking dicks blown right quick, bro. No, oh, wow. like some fucking oh two twenty-five cent hooker. We got our dicks blown real quick. 
25 cents? That's a lot. That's... I do my work for five cents. <clears throat> Anybody talk to Wyatt? <laughs> Yo, but, uh, yeah, this has been going on for a while, so... If you're still here, you're a real motherfucker. You're a real motherfucker. So thank you for listening. This has been another episode of uh, Booze with the Hound. I am fucking brined to the max. I am juiced the fuck up. I don't think I could finish this beer because since I started this, I this is the first time that I did not finish. Yeah, every time he finishes it, but there's this still... one is it's a stout, so it is particularly potent. I can tell. So I I I'm probably not gonna I'm not gonna finish this one. That's I'm probably right. gonna take another sip and uh, fall asleep. Hit my vape real quick. <laughs> I gotta walk wide out to his car because my neighborhood is not the best. No. So um thank you for listening. Check us out on uh on uh Booze Houndcast on Instagram. Twitter. Uh, Booze Houndcast on Twitter. And uh I don't have a YouTube channel, but I will have one up soon so you can see this video that we recorded. If I don't, then it's gonna be on Instagram. Um Fucking thank you guys. We appreciate all you listeners. Thank you. Everything. Um, thank you, Wyatt, for driving from Fresno. You're welcome. All the way down to the itty bitty city back in between the titties. <laughs> itty bitty city back behind the titties? Yeah. Nice. That's the hills to join us. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned it on this podcast, but... Next week, we will have a special guest, and we will also be dropping uh, a Christmas special episode. Yes, sir. So we'll find some crimes for that time. And Christmas crimes. Christmas crimes. Christmas Santa molesters or something. I'm excited for that one. So that is going to be a little more lighthearted than today's episode. Oh, totally. 100%. Uh, but thank you for listening. As always... This is Rob J, a.k.a. The Booze Hound, a.k.a. Mezzarino. It's your boy, Wyatt Star, a.k.a. Elbow Deep. And we are signing out. Thank you to the Booze Hounds, all you boozers out there. Crack another fucking brew. Crack a brew. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for listening. Please view and subscribe. We love you guys. Peace. Later. <laughs>